Coming up this week, off screen. We reveal our top 10 movies of 2016. All those to come and more, off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. My name is Case Allen. And we've got a very special show this week. We do. We do. So, this is our top ten movies of 2016, but they're not the most academically wonderful movies of 2016. We're not talking about going in and saying, hey, this is the one that uh, you watch with a glass of wine and a fine smoking jacket This will make you smart. Yes, we're not not going like the art house highbrow here. We're talking about the movies that made us go, oh, yes. Just the The, ones we just enjoyed the most. The ones we thought were so awesome, you you just had to watch them again and again in years to come. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we, we, we've narrowed it down between us to some pretty good ones. Some good ones, I mean, I'll, I'm going to be pretty honest, Gods of Egypt isn't on there, <laughs> London Has Fallen isn't on there. But we, do, just, we do have an honourable hmm. mention section, we'll get oh, to we it do, at the very we'll end, get to very we'll, end, get to we'll do some honourable mentions and we'll chuck in some ones that we want to at least acknowledge. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, let, let's start then, at the beginning. Number 10, Captain America, Civil War. Now, it feels kind of... I, I know that like you would never get Empire or Sight and Sound having a Marvel movie on their uh, on their list, but you know what? We enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and this is actually on quite a few lists. Is it on a few, yeah. few lists? I mean, granted, some lists are like top 15, top 20, top 25. Oh, well, that's fine. But, yeah, I mean, people loved this film, and for good reason. Okay, so the basic gist was it was Captain America vs. Iron Man, and in a year, when you, had, in a year when you had Batman v Superman, Captain yeah. America v Iron Man somehow was more exciting. This was a big year of people versus other big people. People versus people. Well, yeah. 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 And, and we've got, uh, next year we've got people Charlie Day versus well. Ice yeah. Cube. Have, so, yeah. That's the one we've been really looking <laughs> We really wait for Charlie Day and Ice Cube to be yeah. versus. That's what it is. But no, it, um, they had the rather like, unenviable task of bringing together all of these characters. I know. Should we yeah. should we take a minute there? So it's Captain America trying to save trying to save Bucky from uh, well basically he's a fugitive, isn't he? Bucky Barnes. Yeah. The Winter Soldier blamed for the the assassination of the uh, Wakandan king goes on the run and Iron Man under a new law passed to regulate superheroes has to bring him in. And you know what? We have a clip. Tony, if someone dies on your watch, you don't give up. Who said we're giving up? We are for not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. I'm sorry, Steve, that, that is dangerously arrogant. This is the United Nations we're talking about. It's not the World Security Council. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydra. No, but it's run by people with agendas, and agendas change. That's good. That's why I'm here. When I realized what my weapons were capable of in the wrong hands, I shut it down, stopped manufacturing. Tony, you chose to do that. If we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. What if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. If we don't do this now, it's going to be done to us later. Marvel in full swing there. It's always nice yeah. to see the Avengers back together, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. This time, added Peter Parker. Added well. Peter Parker. And that was, that was the big moment, wasn't it? That was it. That was a big trailer reveal. It was, we had those two yeah. moments as well. We had, we had the two introductions. We had the Black Panther. We had Spider-Man. And both were amazing. Yeah, both. They, they managed to set them up perfectly for their own films. And the best part was, we even managed to get Paul Rudd in the mix. I know. He was just, he was just there in a van. He was just asleep in a van. Asleep in a van. And we can't talk about the big reveal, because if you've not seen Bereaved it yet, if you've not yeah. seen it yet, you should. I mean... You know, in America, this premieres on Netflix on Christmas Day. Oh, really? That's in, a great On US present. Netflix, you get Civil War on Christmas Day. So you have your, have your Christmas ham or whatever you have in America. <laughs> I might. Watch, I'm, watch I'm, Civil I'm, War. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I yeah. thought it was really, really I think, good. I think this, so this year was a bit of a letdown for Blockbusters, and mm. this was... This was not a letdown. This, this was, this not was one of the good. This is no. up there with Deadpool, uh, Dot Strange for me personally. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I thought this was great. This was every minute of it was. Great. It was the longest Marvel movie ever as well. We forget this. It was, but it didn't feel. Long. It didn't at all. Yeah. It kind of it didn't overstay its welcome. I mean, there, there was there was a lot of sarcastic uh, commentary on. You know, it's called Civil War, and really, it should just be called Captain America Airport Fight. But to be fair, what a fight! 
What a fight. What a fight. Or one, the... one of the best scenes of the year. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you look Certain back the best on... films yeah. in a superhero film. When you look back on 2016 as a year in film, you, that airport fight that. is going to... Yeah. That's going to come up because it was so big. and Yeah. But also it was a film that was so imbued with, like, tragic moments and yeah. and somber moments and divided and it, loyalties. And it had all the trademark Marvel humour It did. Well. Somehow they managed to get that humour in there. Yeah, yeah, they managed to be dark and light at the same time. And Paul Bettany finally you. got something to do as... Ultra, as not Ultron, uh, Vision. the Vision, the Vision. Vision yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm chuffed. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great time. It was almost the the Civil War movie I always wanted to see because I was a big fan of the comic books going back to 2006. Yeah. I think maybe we'll see a Civil War two at some point. Well, there is a Civil War two comic, so that's, it's that's entirely what, no, that's, possible. That's what I mean. Yeah, entirely possible. We have got Captain Marvel now. Well, and we have got Infinity War and Ooh. Infinity War two. Well, Infinity War. A, or Infinity War B, to come. It's just so. giving you a reason to just stay alive, doesn't it? <laughs> it really is. Number nine. Life Animated. Now, this was... Because I wasn't going to include this in the top ten, then you brought up my Ashley. Yeah, I, we should. I, I watched it on Saturday for the first time with my mm. wife. Um, she cried how many times? <laughs> so did I. A good, a good six, seven times. I welled up, and then there was one bit in particular where I was just... I was going to say, I, you, I you had gone. to break at some point. Okay, yep. so this was the story Niagara of... Niagara Falls, uh, Frank Angel, Niagara Falls. <laughs> Just the time of year, you know. <laughs> it is, yeah. um, So this was the story of uh, Owen Suskind. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, a young... Uh, what is he, about 23, I think we're told? He's 23 at the start of the 23 picture, at the start yeah. of which seems to take place over about 18 months, two years, I think, yeah. thereabouts. And it's uh, it's the story of he's you know, an autistic young man who has found his way to access the world through Disney films, through Disney animation. Yeah. And it's a really sweet and tender look at how yeah. his love of Disney has I think, I think like the first uh, maybe three or four years of his life, he's he's pretty much mute. For, they for do say that, yeah. yeah. Until until they use the Iago puppet to do so. I tell you what, yeah. we've got a clip. I started a Disney club so I can get to know more people and they can be around me so I can be more popular. Um, it worked. Tonight we're watching some of Lion King because this year is the big. 20th anniversary of the original release of The Lion King. Yeah, sure. Shall we? Yeah. Uh, not only am I a big Disney fanatic, but I also like to play magical movie scores on this piano. Yeah. 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 We watch parts of Disney animated films and discuss them and see what they're really about in our lives. So life animated. Wow, yeah. this was this was really something. Do you think it this was. was? Do you think it's going to get Oscar recognition? This one? Um, it's been uh, shortlisted. It's, it's one shortlisted. of the fifteen uh, docs that have been sent in for consideration. So I really, really hope so. It's been a very strong year for documentaries. Yeah, it has. Uh, yeah. Wiener. Wiener was great. Wiener was a really good documentary. Uh, there's one I want to see. There's an O.J. Simpson one called O.J. Uh, Made in America. Yeah, I'm curious about how that qualifies for Oscars because it's a four, three or four part. Uh, I think it was a five-part uh, ESPN series. It's yeah, but I, I believe that it was edited as a film as well. Oh, right. Do you know okay. what? There's that... Um, oh, what's, what's that? Uh, a Trip to Italy. Yeah, you're thinking, yeah, yeah the, the Michael trip, Winterbottom yeah. thing. Michael Winterbottom, yeah. Well, it's yeah. a series, but we can also edit it down as a film. Oh, um, yeah, I believe we've done that, so it uh, is indeed eligible. But um, this was... This really caught me off guard. It really <laughs> does. You told me. You told me I was going to be a wreck. I told you ahead of time. Uh, this this made me a broken shell of a man. The, the, I mean, didn't just, it just, yeah. He's, as an interview subject, he's so it's completely sincere. Absolutely, and, yeah. And he also, he's just so lovable. Yeah. As, just as a human being, but, he's still a lovable what, guy. What I loved about it as well, you get a sense of who his family are as well. Like it, 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 it would have been easy to just focus just on him, but his brother is like the nicest guy. That's in the world. it. I found I found the relationship between he and his older brother. Yeah, just that was the core of the film. You don't me. find it forced as well. You don't. It find, you don't find no. him being sort of like lumbered with. Oh, this this is my lot in life. I've yeah. Got to look after my brother all the time. It's it's what he wants to do. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a really sweet relationship. It was really nice to see it, to see it played out the way it was. I thought his relationship uh, I went to relationship with his girlfriend because obviously he moves into basically assisted living. Essentially, yeah. Assisted. At one point, yeah. What do you call it? I think it is assisted living. It, yeah, it? It assisted is, yeah. community. And uh, his girlfriend does as well. And it's and it's just really nice to see this relationship unfold mm. and him deal with adult heartbreak and things like yeah. that. And it's really things great to see. Things happen within it, that, yeah. Absolutely. And it does have a moment that just had me, because it is a funny documentary as well. It's a very... 
yeah. you, you do laugh yourself senseless at times. Oh, some some things that Owen says. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's it's moments fantastic sense of humour. Yeah, when the brothers saying, "Oh, I tried to talk to him about sex." About once, sex. Yeah. And I tried to explain what a French kiss was. Yeah, and it just the Disney work. movies just stop yeah. at that point. Yeah, there's, there's a point where he says, uh, short of uh, showing him Disney porn, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't explain what sex is. Uh, and you kind of feel for him because you think that that's such a kind of related. You know, yeah. in the same scenario, you would have the same problem. Oh, yeah. And you think I can kind of relate to you on that. I get where you're coming yeah. from, and I love that about Life Anime. I thought it was a tremendous film. So before we move on to uh, before we cut to the jump, before we come back and do uh, you know numbers eight through six, yeah. uh, we should plug the podcast edition because uh, Let's do it. obviously this is our end of the year show. Yeah, this is our. Big ones, big this, bang. This is our big bang. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, we've got uh, the stuff to come. There's, we've, we've got to do the KG Awards, you know, the Nichols Cage Awards in, uh, you know, of contemporary cinema, our uh, annual uh, <laughs> dedication to uh, the emperor of all things thespian, Mr. Cage. Yep. And in, the very, in, in Cage we trust. Exactly. And the yep. various categories that we, we award with that. We, and that's something we can't fit in the radio edit. We have to put in the podcast extras. Mm. Uh, as well as, you know, our In Memoriam section and uh, our ones who are sadly still with us and our worst films of the the year because we're not going to get to fit that in. I've already got my list. I know we will. Yeah. We will get to it. Don't you worry. But uh, yeah, so uh, go on Acast, SoundCloud, Deezer, TuneIn, uh, iTunes, off-screen, get the full version, and just basically after you get this version of the show, but after the end credits, you get slightly more. You get in this case the cages, and of course, this year is our end of year moment of cage. And have, have you got a good one lined up? We've got a good one lined up, don't Can't you? Wait. With the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back with our top ten movies of 2016. So, you know move on? Let's move on to the next one. Number eight. Hell or High Water. Which is, do you know what? This this one came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone, there was no buzz on this. Did you notice that? Not really. I mean, I was crazy surprised to find out who had made it. Well, that was yeah. it. Because it was Taylor, Taylor Sheridan wrote this, who yes. brought us Sicario. Sicario. So, of course, we got form there. That was incredible. And on the directorial front, who do we have for the director on this one? Um, the director that um, made a Startup. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And again, no Northumberland. One, it's just yeah, no one expected that either. It was yeah. like, really? Um, you his name, let me just get back to it, uh, David McKenzie. That was it, yeah. yeah. I just didn't see that coming, because worlds apart from the likes of Stardust. Absolutely. So this is, it's more of a neo-Western. This is yeah. it. That, that neo-Western is perfect way to yeah. call this. Set in the present day. But this was played, kind of like the year of a neo-Western. Kind of was, was yeah. yeah. But it was played as a Western, despite being in the present day. And what you had were two brothers, played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Did you ever think, by the way, we'd be doing an end-of-year favourite movies <laughs> list that starred Chris Pine. No. Really? No. And, 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 also, and it not being Star Trek. I know, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so two brothers who have basically decided to start robbing banks, but why are they doing it? What are their motivations behind it? Can can they keep it going? And what happens when the law catches up to them? And who is the law? Uh, well, I think we all know Jeff Bridges is the law. Well, actually, it's Stallone, but in this case, it's Jeff Bridges. Here's a clip. Hell or high water there. Mm. And, you know, I love the performances in this oh, film. And yeah. it, it was one about, yeah, very performance driven. It was. It was, yeah. it was, it was such. It, and we said this at the time when we reviewed it. It was a very character driven, very yeah. 70s inspired old Hollywood film. And it had great performances. It had a career best from Chris Pine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The best performance. Yeah. Ben Foster on fine form it as always. It reminds you about Ben Foster, because I feel like sometimes he can fall into that remit of he never gets the recognition. I don't think he ever A little does. bit like Casey Affleck, well, before this year, Casey yeah. Affleck or um, uh, Sam Rockwell as Yeah, well. exactly. That, yeah. that kind of actor. And then the meanwhile, you had Jeff Bridges, who finally got a role that allowed him to do his rather mumbling shtick. Yeah, like a lot of and people said that it could have been like his performance in True Grit, 
So it yeah. could have just been phoning that in again. It wasn't. It, it was wasn't. There was a lot more, more to red. it than that. There was, there, was, there was some meat on the bones of this performance, and I thought that was really great. But yeah. a lot of it comes down to the writing of Taylor Sheridan, yeah. um, who, after Sicario and this, and you, you, you can't help but think... What this, has he got next, man? Well, Sicario <laughs> too. He's got Soldado oh, next. Oh, he being Soldado? That's good. That's good. Yeah, time. he's got Soldado next. He's set. He's good. You've been hearing about him for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, where did this guy... I mean, I know where he came from. He was an actor on Sons of Anarchy, but... Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but... Yeah. Who knew he was just had this in the tank the whole time? This guy can write. Yeah. David McKenzie, it turns out, can direct, and I gave him a lot of stick for uh, for startup. I like startup. And uh, well, I, I, I think it looks like someone went nuts with After Effects, but uh, other than that, um, <laughs> but I love Hell on High Water. I, I really do. I think it's, it's one of the one of the that's genuine right. standout films of the year, and that's not even just on a pure entertainment level. That is, it's a great film, wholeheartedly yeah. a great film. Number seven. Everybody wants some. Now, for, for disclaimer on this one. Yes. Okay, you you added this to the Me. list. You added this to I the did. list, right? Yeah, this is, this is probably like the latest edition yeah. to the list. I right? hadn't seen it, and no. then and then last night I watched it. On my recommendation. On your recommendation. Yeah. Saying because, it was on my list, you've yeah. got to see it. Because I, I didn't want you to be able to, you know, say I didn't give it the chance. Now, I did give it the chance. And I'm, I'm doing what, what this... What was the outcome? I'm doing this publicly, Mr. Allen. So, you know, there is, there is going to be an audio record of this forever. <laughs> I am sorry. You were right. I was wrong. Stop waving your arms around, you gibbon. <laughs> it, it was tremendous. And the minute I was done... My response was, this has to be in the 10 best films of the year. <laughs> this is phenomenal. Yeah. This is the latest from Richard Linklater. It is. So, uh, and this uh, is the after, spiritual, after boyhood. This is a spiritual sequel. It's Days and Confused. Days and Confused. Yeah. So give us the plot. Do you want to give us the plot? Because this is it's your baby, this film. So give us the plot. Okay, fair enough. So it's set in, uh, in 1980. It's about a group of uh, college baseball players and just about them at college. They're uh, sort of navigating their, their entire lives and meeting girls, playing baseball, getting crazy drunk. That, that is just literally it that, that, is, that it. is it that is it if it, it, it may sound boring but that's only because of my rubbish description no no it's that, great that is it there is no have, arc. I, have I just like encapsulated it yes yeah, there is no, no arc really there's just, no story arc it is the Seinfeld it is, of it is like a, a year a year in the life of these boys it's not even a year is it it's no really, no it's like it's like a couple of weeks summer or yeah a couple it. of weeks it's, it's like that it's that point when you were at uni yeah. when you moved into student accommodation just before term started yeah and you had about three weeks of going out and drinking with your new and meeting new people and yeah and trying to get laid that that is that yeah. is this this movie. That is exactly what this is like. And I tell you what, let's have a clip. Hello. Hi. Is this the guy that left the flowers on my door? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're the quiet guy in the back seat, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. It's the quote unquote auburn haired girl in three oh seven. That was just so there wouldn't be any confusion, but uh wow, I'm glad you called. That was quick. Yeah, no, I mean, it was the least I could do after you went to all that trouble. How did you know what room I was in? I'm an, I'm an investigative journalism major. I have very special ways. So, uh, I guess you know my name then? Yes. As soon as you tell me. Huh. Well, Jake, is so interesting because I feel like the, the investigative journalism is not an official major here, but... My name is Beverly. Hello, Beverly. Hey. So I've 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 admitted I've admitted my my error in judgment in not giving this the <laughs> chance when I should have, and uh, well I, I loved this. Um, yeah. I think Glenn Powell is the absolute star of this film. Absolutely, he's kind of like like the sage. He, of he the really group, is. Where he just he's just. Is too smart to be with those group of people. With, yeah, with that group of people. It sorry, is. Yeah. He feels almost like someone thought, what if what if you tried to make a real world socially acceptable stiffler? Yeah. And leave definitely. it leave it to Richard Linklater to find a way that that actually works without him being a comic creation. Yeah. And it, it does, and it does work because of that performance, because of the absolutely tremendous performance that Glenn Powell puts in there. But as the lead, Blake Jenner. I thought he was great. He's I thought great. Wyatt Russell in there as well. Really good performance. Spawn of Kurt. Spawn of Kurt gets some <laughs> terrific monologues, doesn't he? He really does. He yeah, really so he's does. he's basically the guy who gets high, who gets high more than anyone. He is, yeah. And then they look to him for, like... Sage advice. wisdom. Yeah, he's the other sage. He's the like, sage wisdom giver. And then you've got Tyler Hoechlin, uh, Supergirl it, Superman, yeah. as it were. Yeah. And uh, and he's tremendous as well. Yeah. And He's kind of like the... 
the alpha. He has, guess, yeah, he's know. the alpha. He has changed how I put aftershave on, <laughs> and I, I will say he's absolutely changed my attitude to aftershave. He really has. But uh, no, I wholeheartedly recommend this. If you were a fan of Days and Confused, yeah, this is this you is know definitely. What? I I really really like Days and Confused. I mm. prefer this. I do as well. Yeah. I think Days and Confused is all is, is great and everything. It's great. This it, is. I think the good thing about Days and Confused now, if you've never seen it, it's fun to go back and watch. Ben Affleck and watch the young, young crowd, yeah. Watch, watch, all right, all right, all right. Come yeah. out and, the, yeah. the origin of so many pop culture things yeah. that we now take for granted. All right, all right, all right. I feel, though, with a lot of the cast members in this, in 10 years' time or so, I think this could have, this potentially could be the same kind of thing where we look back. I hope and, so. Yeah. Hey, remember when Wyatt Russell was like 20? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like we could be at that stage. <laughs> but uh, I mean, let's, you're, you're going to look back and say, hey, remember when that when the really good Superman was in that was original in that one, yeah. movie? Yeah. He is a great Superman, isn't he? He is a great Superman. Number six. Don't breathe. Well, this this one. This one came out of nowhere as well. <laughs> this really did, and boy, did this rock. It had no right to be this good. Oh, God, no. It just... We just started with thought, hey, it's Fede Alvarez, the director of Evil Dead. The, yeah, the, not which, even, which was fine. Which not was even enjoyable. Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. And he's and he's doing a home invasion thriller with a blind guy. What? And that was it. Let's get to yeah. the plot then. So you've got uh, three teenagers who break into homes to you know just uh, break into homes that are run by his dad. One of them's dad's security company. They happen to rob a blind man one night, only to discover, wouldn't you know it, there's more to him than meets the eye. No pun intended. <laughs> Here's a clip. Stay right there. Don't you move. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I know what's in there, and I ain't leaving without it. You got me? Now you do as I say, all right? What, do you hear me or what? I said stop. Don't you move. (laughs) What are you gonna do now, huh? So if anything's ever going to make you absolutely terrified of... Uh, oh, man, I forgot, I forgot his name. Uh, Stephen Lang. That's it, Stephen Lang. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was Stephen Miller for a second. Stephen Lang. Um, I don't think it's ever going to terrify you about Stephen Lang. This this is it. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, he is menacing in this. He really is. He, he, just bone-chilling. Yeah. But the movie begins, I mean, literally opens with one of the characters just being dragged brutally down a street, mm. and then the rest of it's in media res. Now, that, that opening does feel, in a strange way, like a spoiler, but it does set the, t- the visceral tone of things yeah. to come. You, Because of that opening, you never quite feel safe in this film. And it does go to some surprisingly dark places, mm. some really incredibly twisted places yeah very unexpected some of the some of the events that it does but that, the thing i loved about uh, alvarez's direction was he really used that environment he yeah. owned it's that space it is yeah. he owned every inch of that space and anywhere he could stick that camera he did <laughs> but also had my boy in there you know had old, uh, old dylan, dylan minette dylan, dylan minette in there he's had a good year hasn't he he has goosebumps yeah. and then this and then of course jane levy whom of course, I, yeah, I adore yeah. Jane Levy, have since Suburgatory. Yeah. And, uh, of course, she was she, she obviously had starred in a Fede Alvarez movie before with, Eve, with the Evil, Evil Dead, Dead remake, yeah. and well, now she's here. And, yeah, really great performance from her as well. Um, but it all comes back to Stephen Lang, and I don't think you can take that away from him. This is absolutely his brutal, his iconic villain moment, I think. Yeah, it's just, yeah he, he is his own movie monster. He is. Way, yeah. I think this is this is the one he owns. You could have figures of him I, made. I feel like, yeah, what they call them, maniacs or movie maniacs figures? Yeah, movie maniacs. I, I feel like you could, you could release this figure... And yeah, definitely, it, it it belongs on the shelf next to Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Yeah, definitely. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. And we're back with more of our favourite films of 2016. So we're Where down. We're, 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 we've gotten through ten through six. So there's only one way to go now. Number five. Hunt for the Wilder People. Now, this this kind of had to make our top ten list the minute this, we saw this. This was almost in right at the top. <laughs> well, when was my number think, one? I think at the point it came out, you were like, yeah, that's going to be number one this year. That's, yeah. that's totally going to be it. Yeah. And do you know what? You would have thought after what we do in the shadows that uh, he couldn't possibly <laughs> come out with anything that brilliant again. No. And imagine doing it on the next try as well. So this is uh, writer and director uh, Taika Waititi. Who, of course, about. was one... Th- one 
third of the the cast of uh, what we do in the shadows. Of course, yeah, and um, behind uh, Flight of Concords with uh, mm-hmm. Brad McKenzie and uh, Jermaine Clements. And he's now course, off yeah. to off to direct a certain hammer wielding superhero. <laughs> he's off to Ragnarok. He is off yeah. to Ragnarok now. It's part but, of the MCU. Uh, this is a lot. It's kind more, of back of this, really. I kind think, of, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a lot more stripped down, a character driven effort. This yeah. is the the story of a young boy played by. Uh, is it Jason Daniels? Uh, Julian Dennison. Julian Dennison. Yeah. Played by Julian Dennison, who is uh, is adopted, taken in and cared for by an elderly couple in out in the sticks in the New Zealand uh, wilderness, as it were, yeah. uh, only for the matriarch... The bush. New Zealand bush. The New Zealand bush. Yeah. Only for the matriarch figure to pass away suddenly. Yeah. And he's left with her her widow, played by Sam Neill, who has no interest whatsoever in having a child around, only for the authorities to then turn up and say, no, I'm sorry, we're going to have to take the kid back. But by this point, wouldn't you know it, the grief has bonded them. Because it makes sense that it would. The grief has sort of brought them together. And the pair go on the run together through the bush, being pursued by the authorities along the way. And only to come across, uh, you know, only to only to face their own the, the issues of their own relationship, to grow close together, to argue, to bicker, to fight, to come close together, and more importantly, to meet Bushman along the way. Was it Bushman? Bushman! <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Here's a clip. Come on, give me some bars so I can communicate with the outside world! Ricky, take a look at this. Oh, Uncle, we're famous! Hector Faulkner, 65, and Richard Baker, 13, have been missing now for six weeks. Faulkner is cork... cork Asian. Well, they got that wrong, because you're obviously white. There is a fear for Faulkner's mental health following the recent death of his wife. Police are not ruling out kidnapping. Kidnapping? Park rangers have been alerted for anyone seeing the pair should report back to the nearest police station. Oh, Uncle, you're basically a criminal now. But on the bright side, you're famous. I think I'm crazy. And Asian. It's a man in the bush. Bushman! <laughs> oh, um, uh, Reese Darby. Uh, Reese Darby, yeah. yes. And do you know what? He's he, he, he's so great. Because it's basically a cameo. Essentially, yeah. Essentially obviously, Reese Darby was uh, a Murray in Flight of the Concourse. Yeah. And yes, he's got, he's got form with Tiger. And, uh, yeah, it, it's such such a great little appearance. And Bushman! And, oh, yeah. absolutely brilliant moment. Absolutely adored this film. It had such heart. It had such soul. And also, such comedic charms. Absolutely. Uh, from from both of them, but mainly from Julian Dennison. Julian Dennison, who I film. saw in Paper Planes uh, earlier yeah. in the year, yeah. and I thought was I thought he was impressive in that. I think he's genuinely brilliant in this film. Yeah. And just such a, a, an energetic and likeable young comedic figure. And having really? Sam Neill to bounce off of, I think... How, the, how great was it to have Sam Neill back? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. And also the, just the chemistry between them, despite the age gap, they're so good together. It, it's essentially a two-hander, and they they handle it well. But no, yeah. really loved it. Number four, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Well, this is a very recent. This is probably the most recent addition to this. We reviewed list. it today. We, we, we did review it today because obviously we pre-recorded course, this yeah. in advance. It's it's December fourteenth today. So, yeah, yeah. I'll talk and to you from the past. Rogue One isn't even officially out yet. You realise that. It's, oh, wow, it's yeah. true. It isn't officially it's, out yet. We've added it to the top ten of the year um, before it's even out. Uh, midnight tonight. It's true. It's we, we have seen it, obviously. Yeah. So, Otherwise, yeah. it would not be on our list. <laughs> we'd, be terrible, we'd be terrible critics if we hadn't seen yeah. it. We just put it on just because it's Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Rogue One, Gareth Edwards directs the first ever Star Wars anthology movie, mm-hmm. which takes us back to the the plan to steal the the, the plan to steal the plans effectively for the Death yeah, Star. Yeah, it, it takes us to uh, the opening crawl. Take, of, literally of, of takes Wars. us to the opening crawl yeah. of A New Hope. Starring Felicity Jones, starring Forrest Whitaker, starring Diego Luna. And you know what? Here's a clip. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of... <laughs> Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. You're letting her keep it. Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? It's high. Let's get going. It's very high. How much did you love this film, Mr. Elms? So much. 
I know. So much. I, I just adored it. It, 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 just, yeah. it was like nothing else. It was huge in scope, huge in character as well. It was. But at times, it was really, really small and intimate when it needed to be. And that was the thing. I liked yeah. that we, I think for the probably the very first time in a Star Wars movie, it really got under the skin of its characters. Because mm. I, I think as, as, as well as Star Wars has always handled in its better moments, it's the, the, the inclusion of great characters. Uh, this was the first time that they really made a properly character-driven action film. I mean, also, this is the first outright Star Wars action film, I would say. Yeah, certainly the first war film. Out and well, out that's war it. Film. I mean, and this this genuinely puts the war in Star Wars. It does, yeah. That could it have been does. the tagline if it was going to have a tagline. Oh, it ab- absolutely should have been <laughs> yeah. the tagline. Um, but no, I love Felicity Jones in it. I think K2SO K2SO, yeah. That is your new favourite droid. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I-, I loved uh, uh, Donnie Yen's character as well. Uh, Chibi Emui is his character. One day I'm going to remember that. And, uh, <laughs> Probably tomorrow when you see it. Again, and, yeah. And X. hats off to whoever cast Mon Mothma for this, because they found an actress who just looks so much like the original actress. It's, it's the actual Mon Mothma, isn't it? No. No, no, it's recast. Yeah. It, but it is absolutely incredible. Uh, there's some surprises in there. Please don't reveal anything to anyone that hasn't seen it. Uh, but if you have, if, if you just even faintly like Star Wars, this is going to blow you away. Yeah. This quite possibly could become a fan favourite. It really could. I don't I really it, think it will. I think it, I think yeah. it genuinely might. I think there's mm. going to come a time when people mm. say, post original trilogy, yeah. this might this was my favourite. They've, they've done it right by not just casting stars. Yeah, it's yeah. not a star driven film. It is an actor driven film, yeah. but also it's character driven and it's a war movie. It's, and it's everything that you could possibly want. It really is, yeah. and it's like it's, like I previously said, it's about opening crawl come to life. Exactly, right it is terrific. It is like an expanded universe novel, finally adapted for the screen, which I never thought we'd get. But lo and behold, here we are. Number three, Green Room. Well, this this has a little added twinge in the tale for this one because, of course, Anton Yelchin is no yeah. longer with us. And is is this? No, this isn't his final role. His final role is in his final role so far is in Star Trek Beyond. So far, yeah, he was actually working on his uh, on his first film of, of his own merits, first um, film his directorial director, debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, which, which I believe is still think, going to I be. I think that's completed. still happening. Yeah, yeah. but uh, this this is one of his last to date uh, releases. Yeah, and I mean, it, it came out just before you passed away. I believe. It did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it was May, May this year when it came out. It was oh, so sad, and the movie is so good as well. Yeah. Now, if we boil this down, effectively, what you've got is from Dustal Dawn with neo Nazis. Yeah. And and that's it. You've got a, a rock band. Mm. Are they? Are they a punk band uh, a punk rock band yeah. punk rock band who are you know they've gone they've done a gig in a remote uh, redneck bar as far as they know yeah they're not entirely sure where they are or mm-hmm. why they're playing there they just want to play and get get paid for it i guess yeah. Yeah. only to discover of course the bar is run by and frequented by neo-nazis so when someone is accidentally killed well they're witnesses and the only way they get to continue being neo-nazis because remember this was a po- post this is a pre-trump movie so <laughs> <laughs> the only way you could continue being being a neo-Nazi was to kill the witnesses. And, uh, well, we have a clip. He's got six bullets. <laughs> For real? We all go once. Christ, hold off a sec. For what? We haven't done anything. It doesn't matter. Okay. They're called cartridges. The bullet is a part that enters your brain if you keep talking. And this gun only has five cartridges, not six. Because they're big and only five fit the cylinder. So please, don't test me. You should make it worse. We sit and we wait. And we die. Not if you sit and you wait. Well, this was one wild ride of a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this, this, it was a chilling, visceral, this, bone cruncher. This was of a more tale. chilling than Don't Breathe, and Don't Breathe. It's hard to watch at some points. Don't Breathe was, you know, you pay for the chair, you only need the edge. This was just stand upright the entire time. Just stand upright. You won't need that chair. Yeah, it really was. Throw the chair in the bin. This, I mean, a big part of it for me was I, the performances of the of the actual the band at the centre of it all. They, yeah. they were great. I mean, you had Alia Shawkat in there as well as Anton Yelchin. Um, but what yeah. really did it for me was the terrifying performance from Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people expected... No, I, I think people didn't know that he was going to sign on for a film like this. But that's the thing. I, I remember seeing that first. It was uh, the first picture that was released, which was him surrounded pe- by his gang. Oh no, that, that one. That, yeah, that, that yeah. was the first. And I was like, "What the hell is this film?" It was. It was. It was just. It was so the ominous. Came out. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it is a film that will have you as repulsed as you are in suspense. 
and yeah. it, it's a chiller. It is, I think, one of the standout thrillers of the year. I mean, I love a, I love a good survival horror film, and That's boy, right. boy, some, did some, some this pushed yeah. that limit, didn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. But uh, yeah, definitely one of. The, I think even academically, you yeah. got to put this. So as let's, one let's, of the just, year's let's talk about the casters a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Macon Blair. Who yes, is, yeah, just from uh, Blue bit. Ruin, wasn't he? He was in Blue Ruin, which, which shares is, a director with this, Jeremy Saunier. Jeremy Saunier is the director and mm-hmm. also the writer of the flick. He might have been a producer as well. I think so. Yeah, um, he he's in this just in sort of like a kind very of, supporting, uh, supporting capacity. like a lackey almost, just like a facilitator hmm. kind of a character. Fantastic, incredible, oh, absolutely brilliant. No. Um, and also Imogen Poots, that who is sort of. The female lead, I would argue. I would argue, kind of, yeah. yeah. Alia Shawker kind of takes a back seat, doesn't she? Yeah, but it's it's fantastic to see her. It is. In a film. <laughs> this, this was a tremendous, tremendously well cast, really well executed, stylish, but nasty looking at the same time. So nasty. Stylishly nasty looking. Yeah. And I don't know about you, I, I loved the hell out of this. I can't wait to watch this again. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing for one last time this year. So we're on to the final two films in our top ten of 2016. So I'll tell you what, should we do, we'll do number two and then should we look at some honourable mentions before we reveal number one? I think that's a good idea. I think we'll, we'll be fair about it. Number two, Bone Tomahawk. What a title. I know, it is the most metal title of the year. <laughs> For the manliest film, probably. Yeah, sign the manliest man. Yeah, oh, exactly, Mr. Russell himself. So Mr. Yeah. Kurt Russell is Father back. of Wyatt. Father of Wyatt um, is, is back. And he's back in a Western, no less. I know, well, he was back in two Westerns. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He's a hateful eight. Hateful eight in January, this. Well, and what a year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, this, um, this, this was a real subterfuge kind of a film. We can't really t- say too much about the plot. Yeah, it's it, one it, of those films you, you want people to just experience it for themselves. You kind of, yeah, you kind of have to experience the roller coaster ride of this plot for yourself. But we'll give you the truncated version, which is that Kurt Russell is the town sheriff who is called into action to lead, uh, the town, ta- the town's men, as it were, when the, uh, the local doctor's, uh, wife and uh, several other people are captured by, Indigenous cannibals, yeah. a cannibalistic tribe of the locals. We have a clip. Mr. O'Dwyer, I need to say this to you, and I don't want you to get sore. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. We need to take care of these animals and ourselves. I ain't thinking about myself right now. I know you're not, which is why I'm putting this to you direct. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. The only advantage we have over these cave dwellers is being smarter. So let's not lose that. It ain't gonna be easy making camp while these savages... I know it won't, but we need to keep ourselves collected. Well, it ain't gonna be easy. Oh, this one. This one, really. The, the thing with this film is yep. it had... A, there, there was just a... Mo- you thought you knew what you were in for. And you feel it for the, for the longest you time you like feel it. You think you're just in like a slow burn western. Yeah, you, and, yeah. Then, and then it, it, it ups its game. It ups its game, and it comes out of nowhere. You, you're not ready. You're not. <laughs> this was a directorial debut as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so, uh, by um, uh, S. Craig Zala. And, and he's he's gone on to some quite impressive things since. He's got some quite interesting stuff lined up. He's got a film with Vince Vaughn, which doesn't sound like a Vince Vaughn project at all. No, but he's also rebooting the Puppet Masters franchise. Is, yeah. So, And I'm really intrigued to see what he can do with he's something. Like, yeah. that, but apparently it's going to be very meta as well. But the thing for this was this was all about the performances and sharp writing. This was, I mean, when did you ever think you would be able to I know come what out, you're gonna say. Yeah, come out of a film say. and say, my God, Matthew Fox was amazing in that. <laughs> Nobody has ever said um, that about Matthew Fox. Not since seeing Alex Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Which has my favourite tagline of a bad film ever. Which one? Don't cross Alex Cross. That's amazing. That's the tagline for Alex That really Cross. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone else in that. So you got um, uh, Richard Jenkins, which is kind of just like the town old guy. He kind of was, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson, I Patrick thought. Patrick Wilson, uh, yeah. But then again, the thing who, who, is... He, he is the doctor, isn't he? He's the doctor, but yeah. the thing is, it's a great performance for Patrick Wilson, but he is always a great, very dependable performer, and he does not let, he does not disappoint here. He doesn't let you down at all. No, absolutely. And but then, of course... Th- them as the key four. And then front and centre, you've got Mr. Russell, who just... Do you know what? He's got the swagger. He's got the, he's got the pattern down. He knows what he's doing, and he makes this film absolutely but uh, just do check this film out if you if you have any interest in seeing something that really will twist and just twist your expectations that will will subvert your notions about different genres exactly this is 
looks like one thing is another, delivers something else entirely. This goes every which way but loose, and every way is awesome. Just cannot recommend this highly enough. So, before we reveal the biggie of the year, then, let's yeah. let's talk about some that didn't quite make the list. Some of the honorees. Honorable mentions. Honorees. Yeah. Oh, can I start with Deadpool? Because that, was, certainly that was so good. It I, was, I really enjoyed yeah. Deadpool. It, it, finally, it finally got its due. It finally yeah. did, yeah. It's here. Deadpool, the Merc with a Mouth is, is on the screen. Yeah. Uh, Zootopia, that was one. I, that didn't quite make the top ten. I think but... we should just give a shout-out to just animation in general. Yeah. Because this was a crazy good year. Oh, for Kubo. We had Kubo, Kubo well. uh, Moana was good. Finding, Finding Dory. Dory. Yeah. Yeah, which we both were like... Yeah, yeah that was, straight was some with. great ones. It was great. Um, Do you know what? It was a good year for just spin-offs that we didn't think were going to be great. Creed. Creed, Creed was one thing. Yeah. Uh, Tim Cloverfield Lane. Oh God, yeah. I thought that was going to be no one. No one expected. That. But also, we yeah. didn't know it was coming. We, we had we like didn't. a, we had a just, month's notice. It was hey, John Goodman's in a film. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. It, it was right at the end of that trailer where it starts with the Cloverfield and then Ten and Lane. Yeah, like what? Wait, what? Yeah. Um, what to... else happened? Uh, Leo won an Oscar. Oh, well, we had Leo's Oscar, and then of course for the Revenant, no less. That was yeah. a that was a really great film. It was like, what do you want from me? Do you want me to eat meat? Fine. There's Oscar. We don't need a raw bison. The Revenant was was uh, one of just a crop of really impressive Oscar films. It was at such the a strong year. year for the awards. Room. Yeah, was in there as well. Absolutely. Uh, Brie Larson. Uh, Spotlight. Yeah. Brie Spotlight. Yeah. Spotlight. Um, the Big Short. I thought that was really good, Big Short. Yeah, from the director of Anchorman. No one expected comes, that, did they? Comes this financial, hard-hitting drama. Who, and he's doing a Dick Cheney biopic next, because... I can't wait. Why not? I cannot wait for oh, I'm just trying to think what else there was this year. Oh, I really enjoyed Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stop. As did I. I, I, I that it was, was good. Like, not enough people saw that. I don't know if it's because it wasn't marketed as well. I think that just... might... That, for me, I think that's the comedy of the year. That one. But, Would you put... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I might give that to Hail Caesar, you know. Ooh, that was also one of the other mentions I wanted to put It's been a great year for for comedies. It really has. I mean, I know you didn't enjoy it as much as me, but Mm. the nice guys... I can I see. I can there. see why it would it would make your list. But yep. it has just been a really really strong year, and say there's been some amazing stuff. Do you know what else happened? Go on. Daniel Radcliffe was a farting corpse. Oh, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Was, I just want to was, give out a quick shout out before we move on. That yeah, was, that, that was really good. Swiss Army Man. I did really love that. I loved yeah. Paul Dano's performance as well in that. Yeah. And yeah, I just wow. I mean, I so also enjoyed Benedict Cumberbatch in a film. That Doctor Strange? Yeah, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor St- yeah, Steve. That, that was an awesome one. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Marvel we get next year, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, we've, we've, we've had a trailer that just recently dropped with a certain... Uh, a certain web-crawling... Uh... Oh, two trailers, two trailers. Oh, because we have Guardians, and then Guardians we have Spider-Man. and the then uh, Spider-Man finally came home. So let's unveil, then, the one you've all been waiting for. Number one. Arrival. Well... It had to be, didn't it? It absolutely had to yeah, be the we, film of we the year. We were kind of tossing the turn between this and Bone Tom Hawk, and then we just we we sat down, we looked at ourselves, and we were saying, "What are you doing? Just give it to Rival." <laughs> and you know what? Worth it. I thought this was a tremendous one. Yeah. So general, I, only, I only saw this a few days ago. I know you did. Yeah, yeah finally the, saw the it. general gist then for this one is this is Denise Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve's sci-fi epic in which. Amy Adams is a linguist recruited by the US military to find out why spaceships have arrived on Earth and planted themselves a few meters above the ground. We have a clip. Language is the foundation of civilization. It's the glue that holds the people together. It's the first weapon drawn in the conflict. Louis, this is uh, Ian Donnelly. Louis Banks, Ian Donnelly. It's quite a greeting. Yeah, well, he wrote it. It's the kind of thing you write as a preface. Uh, dazzle them with the basics. Yeah, that's great. Even if it's wrong. It's wrong. Well, the cornerstone of civilization isn't language, it's science. Ian is a theoretical physicist from Los Alamos. You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? How much did you love it then, Case? Well, so much that it's our film of the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, terrific performance from Amy Adams. Yeah. Terrific performance from Jeremy Renner. Uh, Possibly career best. Definitely career best. Yeah. Um, terrific performance from Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Amazing cinematography from, is it Bradford Young? It is Bradford Young. So he's Bradford doing um, uh, the Han Solo standalone. Oh, he is, yeah, yeah. He did uh, Ain't Been Body Saints for years ago. That was a great film. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you've Just got great up and coming. Wonderful, cinema, you got wonderful cinematography from Johan Johan, not Johan Janssen, uh, Bradford Young. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got a wonderful score from uh, Johan Johansson. Johansson. Yep. 
And then it's all brought together by the eye of Denis Villeneuve. And he is becoming one of the most dependable, consistent and reliable directors around now. And we just did not see this coming. This seems to have happened in the space of about four years. I know. Over four years, about five or six different films in in different languages. And I still haven't seen Enemy. That's the best part. Oh, Enemy is great. I still haven't seen seen Enemy. Of course, cause he did uh, two films with Jake Journal. He did, so He yeah. did uh, Prisoners with uh, Roger Deakins uh, lensing it. Yeah. Who I think he's doing Blade Runner, isn't he, Roger Deakins? Roger Deakins is on Blade Runner, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And, well, yeah, wow. just if, if you look back at his filmography so far, it's just when Ridley Scott can turn him out and he's got such a bizarre, crazy, eclectic filmography, there's... There's some kind of parallels there between the two of them. It could be, I, it could I be think a new well, Scott, but... and such a good choice for him to do Blade Runner. Oh, definitely. But yeah. I think he he stands a serious risk now of actually just exceeding the level of Ridley Scott for this stage oh, in his I career. Agree. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, Arrival. Then our film of 2016, our number one film of 2016. Woo-hoo. So let's go back through the list for those who need a bit of a recap. At number ten, we had Captain America: Civil, Civil War. War. At number nine, Life Animated. At number eight, we had Hell or High Water. At number seven, we had Everybody Wants Some. Don't Breathe at six. Number five was The Hunt for Willow People. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story at number four. Number three, Green Room. At number two was Bone Tomahawk. And number one, we've just been talking about it, it is Arrival. <laughs> it was Arrival, pay attention, keep God, on. I've been here for the last five minutes. <laughs> and that brings to a close our ten best films, oh. our ten favourite movies of 2016. Oh, God. It's been a hell of a year, hasn't it? Hasn't it? it? Should, we just, um, should we say, what are you looking forward to most next year? Next year, quickly. really quickly, next year, I am really looking, I'm looking forward to Baywatch, I've got to You know, you know oh, yeah. me and Baywatch. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm Anything off- that he is attached to. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wolf, Plant the Apes. That, that's yeah, that's it there for me. Totally looking yeah. forward to that. Um, what else is there? Uh, Guardians. Of, well, just the, the trifecta of Marvel. Greatness oh, because we've got Spider-Man, the Guardians, and Thor next yeah. year, haven't but, we? But hey, DC might pull it out of the bag with Wonder Woman. I'm non-optimistic. If I'm, if I'm being honest, <laughs> I'm non-optimistic. Fist Fight, of course, is next year. So Ice Cube, Ice Cube Charlie Day. Fight Charlie Day. Yeah. What's not to love? We've got all the big Oscar films coming out next year. So Moonlight and potentially Silence. Manchester by the Sea. La La Land. La La Land and Manchester by the Sea are my two biggies for the start of next year it's do you know what it's, it's and do you know what be, uh, another star wars film would yeah. you believe it i know would episode eight which i'm expecting a title for any day now i know but uh yeah well you know it's gonna be a hell of a year and uh, and, and we get to review it all so that's it's great because that's like our, our jobs yeah, it's so fun <laughs> so in the meanwhile we will see you all in 2017 mm. this has been a candy store production for on screen i've been van connor i've been at least for this year case allen i will be back next year just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's Hi, unfortunately, due to illness, Mr. Allen isn't available to do the podcast extras with us for this edition, which is a shame because it's the, you know, the end of the year and we want to do a whole song and dance. We want to do our in memoriam section and talk about all the, you know, the greats we've lost this year and some of the not so greats. There must be one or two in there. Uh, we also want to do our, our cages, our Nicholas Cage Awards for cinema for 2016. But as I say, he's ill, so we can't really do them and you don't really want me just doing them. So we'll have to leave it, I guess. But uh, even though this is the last one of the year, we will be back. We're taking a week off because, frankly, there's no films out for a week, a week after this. There's, there's all the New Year films, and then, really, there's nothing. And then film screenings don't start again until the 9th of January, and then, well, we're better off just resuming them. But the good news is there, there are some great ones. So we have got, I mean, we start off with La La Land in 2017, and then we've got Manchester by the Sea and, well, less great, I suppose, Underworld Blood Wars. I mean, there's got to be some fans of that franchise out there somewhere. I mean, they, they make money. I mean, there's got to be someone seeing them. Uh, we've also got uh, Young Offender. I don't know anything about that. I'm going to be really honest. And, of course, Live By Night, which is the, the Ben Affleck movie he's done for Warner Brothers, the Dennis Lehane adaptation, the one that we presume is the reason he sold his soul to, to Warner Brothers to you know, be Batman for pretty much every DC movie they ever want because, God forbid, there's ever anything put out that doesn't have a bat symbol attached to it because then it wouldn't sell merchandise we wouldn't get 15-year-old boys running around with Harley Quinn T-shirts. But, uh, heaven forbid. So we've got all those to come and more next... Well, next, not next week, next year. Um, that's the podcast edition that we're going to put out on... On Friday the 13th of January so we've got that to look forward to um, it'll go out on radio obviously some some cases the day before but a couple of days after you know the drill it's on a radio station near you you get the cut down
lockdown version without all this podcast extra gumph in there. But uh, anyway, shame about Mr. Allen. Um, also, another shame, uh, Carrie Fisher died this week. So we should uh, we should acknowledge that. Carrie Fisher died age 60, and we were really, really saddened by that news. And, and then I, I remembered about Gary the dog, and I was even more heartbroken. But it turns out that uh, Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter, is going to adopt Gary the dog. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's something nice to take us into the new year, I suppose. Anyway, onwards and upwards. So uh, Mr. Allen isn't here. We'll do the KGs when we come back. We have got some good ones. Um, I think he's particularly looking forward to uh, best Nicolas Cage performance in a Nicolas Cage movie, of which there are a surprising number of, uh, of nominees for any given year, because that man will put out a film every Tuesday if you let him. He's like The Rock, but without a budget. And, uh, oh, but he has an Oscar, so, you know, The Rock doesn't yet. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, well, here it is for one last time in 2016, your moment of cage. You know, this has really been a terrific fall. I've got a hit movie out, Honeymoon in Vegas. But for me, the most fun thing about the movie was working with Sarah Jessica Parker. I mean, she was real funny and, and really great. And, and she has the most beautiful big breasts. I mean, <laughs> they were so pretty. And I was like this close to them every day. I mean, it was just, it was, it was so fun. The last film I had that much fun on was Moonstruck. Because, I mean, Cher has this, this really... This really incredibly beautiful ass. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so great. I have to tell you, if you ever see Cher in person, do yourself a favor, get up close to her and see for yourself. But I think it would really be unfair if I didn't mention Kathleen Turner. Uh, Nick. Yeah, Davey. Uh, could you come backstage for a minute? I think Warren wants to talk to you. Uh, okay. I'll be right back. Going pretty good, huh? <laughs> I was a little nervous at first, but once I got rolling, pow. Hi, Lauren. Nick, thanks for coming back. I wanted to talk to you about something. Okay, but if it's not too long, because I really don't want to lose the audience. Look, Nick, I, I think you should stop talking about your leading lady's body parts. Okay, um, may I ask why? <laughs> well, I, I, I think the audience kind of finds that offensive. Why? It's true, isn't it? What am I, am I wrong about Sarah's breasts? I mean, they're beautiful, aren't they? Uh, of course, Sarah's breasts are beautiful. I just don't want the audience to think you're sexist. Sexist? Well, I'm, not, I'm not sexist. That's the last thing I am. All right, Nick, if you're going to talk about killer bods, I think you should mention Sofia Coppola. Hey! That's my cousin! Hey, you see, I, I, I did that to prove a point. You see, when you're talking about someone that's close to you, it's different, isn't it? Oh, oh, oh you're right. Oh, God. They must, they must hate me. I mean, well, what are we going to no, do? Don't worry. You'll be fine. Well, well they, they probably think I'm the biggest jerk who's, who's ever been on the show. No, no, that would be Steven Seagal. Well, <laughs> well maybe if I just go out and retract everything, just take it all no, back. No, I, I think dropping the whole subject is the way to go. No, I got it. I got it. Okay. Hey, the monologue's going great, man. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, James Conn is also in the movie, and he has the best ass. <laughs> Believe me, Cher's got nothing on James Conn. Well, we've got a great show tonight. Bobby Brown is here. Great ass. So stick around, we'll be right back.